praise God. Amen. We want to get right in our lesson tonight. Amen. Children are dismissed. Amen. Want to pick off where we left off last week. Amen. Now, our theme scripture this month is Galatians 5.24. And they that are Christ has crucified the flesh with his affections and lust. Amen. Bringing this thing under subjection. And we're talking uh, this year about Christian soldiers in action. Being a Christian soldier in action. We enlisted in the Lord's army. And last week I was talking about, amen, who we are. And we are representatives of the Most High God. And I was talking about the uh, three stages to become a soldier. Amen. We say that the first stage is that slow improvement stage, the toughening stage, and the sustainability or sustaining stage. Amen. That we want to maintain. And that's why as we grow in Christ, amen, we first come to Christ, we take things a little slow. We have to learn. We have to study. We have to find out what this thing is all about. Amen. And, and, and what Christ wants out of us. And then we move to that second stage, which is the toughening stage. This is where we get a little tough. We take on a little bit more. We begin to do a little bit more. Amen. We stay up a little bit more in our prayer life. We, you know, we're, we're toughening ourselves, our walk with God. And then we move on and then we get into the sustainability phase and this is what God wants us all. We begin to move on towards that perfection, and we want to sustain what God is teaching us, what we learn, the basic things that we learn. We don't ever want to forget those things. We want to keep approving on them and going strong so that no matter where we are, we can always know what is right based on the Word of God. This is why we got to spend a lot of time in the Word of God. This is why Paul told Timothy to study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed to rightly divide the word of truth. And so we are part of a higher calling. We are part of a higher power, should I put it that way. God is our commander, amen. And so we're in his army. And so therefore we learned about putting on the whole armor of God and, and wearing the armor of God. And we looked at uh, some things that Paul had told Timothy here, amen, that he says, I charge thee, therefore, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou mightest what war, a good warfare, amen. In other words, that you might be able to fight well in what you're doing. And this is the key to, to being a good soldier is you've got to learn how to fight. Remember, we say a soldier is one who is what? He's skilled and experienced, and he can deal with strategy. He, he knows how to plan. He knows how to uh, coordinate things. And, and the uniqueness is his experience. And this is why that we go through things in our lives sometimes. This is why Romans 5 uh, tells us, says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And all only so we have access and you know, he goes on and talk about tribulation, work, patience, and patience, experience, and experience hope, and hope make us not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our lives by the Holy Ghost. So as soldiers, we the more things we go through, we experience a lot of things uh, in this warfare that we're in, and so and as a result, we're able to use it to sustain our walk with God and to continue to walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. 
And so this is what we want to be able to do is endure hardness as good soldiers and be able to be, make a good fight and soldier and be able to endure war and good warfare. This is what God wants us to do. He wants us to be able to hold on. And as the old song says, hold the fort. I am coming. Jesus signal still wave the answer back toward heaven by that grace. I will. Amen. We got to stay in the fight. Amen. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. And this is what we want to look at. Amen. So tonight we was talking about what we were now, what we are. Amen. Now, last month we, we talked about being a Christian influence. And and that's unique because we were called to be salt and we were called to be light. And both of these things are enhancers. Salt enhances food. It makes it taste better. It brings out the flavor in it. And so salt enhances things in the same way light enhances us by letting us see the darkness. It let us see the snares. It let us see the traps that the enemy has for us. The word of God is light. David says in Psalms 119, 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and is a light unto my pathway. The enemy always sets traps and snares for us. And so therefore, if we follow the word of God, then we will walk in the light. This is why Jesus says in John 8, 12, that he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And this is why we have to study again to get the answers to the things that we need so that we can see the tricks of the enemy. This Satan only has three weapons, lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life. See, so we have to learn these things and study our enemy very well, amen, so that we can make sure that we are fighting a good fight of faith and not one another, amen. I'm not your enemy. Sometimes you might think you might think that way, but I'm not. The devil's your enemy. Amen. Praise God. Amen. As the old saying, we found the enemies us. <laughs> Praise God. So an enhancer, salt isn't as you're the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost his his savor, wherewith shall it be salt? And is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of Men, amen. So these things enhances, it gives us directions, it brings about. Soldiers goes into places to enhance, to, to bring about a change in people, amen, and to uh, bring about a change in themselves. And and this is unique because, you know, salt, as I said earlier, changed the flavor. This is why the psalmist says in Psalms 34, 8, he says, oh, taste and see. That the Lord is good. Amen. When is the last time you just got a good taste of Jesus? He's good. He's good. Psalms 55 says, Oh, everyone that what? Thirst. Come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which satisfy not? It says, Hearken unto me, come, eat, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Amen. You know, God wants you to taste this stuff. He wants you to see how really good it is. You know, when David was on the battlefield, he says, oh, if I could just get a drink of water from the wells of, of my hometown. 
and Jerusalem. You know, and two of his mighty men says, hey, we'll go get it for you. You know, and so they break through the lines of the Philistines and get David a drink, a cup of water, and brings it back to him. You know, what does he does with it? Pours it out. Wow. He wants a drink, but he pours it out on the ground. Wow. What mighty soldiers. Amen. But when you look at the men that David had, well, if you go back and you look at Samuel, those 400 men and the people that came out, they was in debt, they was discontent, and they was distressed. But he took them and showed them how to be mighty men of valor. You know, and sometimes you get to reading the scripture, and you're reading all the great things about these guys, and the next thing he says, but he didn't esteem to the next one. You go, oh my, he did all this, and he's still not number one? <laughs> You know, and, and then he talks about David's three mighty men. Wow. So you think about those guys, you know, that's being taken. But it, it started out with, with uh, Gad telling David to get him out of the hole and get him into Judah. Get him into praise. Teach him how to worship God. Teach him how to serve God. Teach him how to love God. And because when they do that, they become mighty warriors for the Lord. Amen. So soldiers are, amen, designed to enhance. They are to make things better for others. That's what it's all about. You know, the defense, the secure. That's, think about that for a moment. That's, that's why, you know, when you enlist in the military, the things you said, I, I do solemnly swear. You know, we used to swear. Now they go affirm us, you know. And so they support the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, both foreign and domestic, amen. And so their design is to make things better for others and to protect people. And that's what the church is all about. We are looking out for one another. We are encouraging one another. We're building up one another. And this is what God is looking for, amen, to enhance and bring about changes in ourselves and get that passion that God had uh, in his life. See, you, you can't learn passion and, and stuff out of a book. It, it, it's, it's imparted to you by the Holy Ghost. Amen. And the more time you spend in prayer, the more time you spend in reading God's word and studying God's word, that passion begin to grow in you for others. Amen. The same way that Jesus had that passion for the lost. Amen. The Bible says he saw them as sheep spread without a shepherd. And so, therefore, this is what God wants us is to have that compassion and that passion for others. Sometimes as soldiers, you, you go into a foreign country and you see uh, the nature and how people are being treated. I mean, it gets into your heart. And you want to bring about a change and, and you want to, because you know you can make things better for them. And that's why a lot of times you, you, you see our soldiers when they go into places, they leave it better than what it was when they got there. See? They, they go in, they, they dig wells, they build buildings, and they, they bring equipment, they bring clothing, they bring food, and, you know, they train them up to teach them how to do better and, and how to live and, and things. 
uh, that the word that had been suppressed before by their enemies. And that's what the church is designed to do is, is we're designed to enhance the, when people come in to take them to show them uh, that, that you can live better. You can be better than what the world has beating you down. God is, is wanting you to, to know that he loves you and he cares. And this all comes from that passion that we get from prayer and spending time in the word of God. So we're soldiers are sent to free the oppressed. That's what the special forces motto is, is the presto libra, free the oppressed. Amen. And that's what the church is all about, freeing the oppressed, freeing the depressed, freeing the despondent. Amen. Bring about change in people's lives. Amen. Because you know what God has done in your life. Hallelujah. So we're enhancers. Number two, we're new creatures, new creatures. Second Corinthians 517. Now we quote this scripture a lot in the church, don't we? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away and behold, all things are become new. Amen. Notice. If any man is in Christ, he's new. See? So we get in Christ, we repent of our sins, we're baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of our sins. Paul says in Galatians 3.27, for as many of you have been baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither bond nor free, there's neither male nor female, for you're all one in Christ. And if you Christ is then are you Abraham's seed and your heirs according to the promise. Amen. So we become new creatures in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? A new creature. Yes. Amen. Okay. Amen. Well, that's what you want to see, is you want to be able to see Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's what it's all about. You want to become that newness. Amen. This is kind of like what Jesus was telling Nicodemus. you got to be born again. See, in other words, you're starting afresh. You're starting anew. The old man is gone. The old sinful nature that you had should be wiped away. Forgetting those things that we're behind. And now let's reach forth to those things which are before. And let's press on towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. A new creature bringing about newness, new thoughts, new ideas. You know, once you become, it doesn't mean that the thought process isn't there anymore. But your vision and what you're doing now should change and who you are and how you see yourself and how you see others should be all about newness of life. Amen. We, we know that we become no respecter of persons when we become a child of God. So things begin to change and things become new. Amen. This is why when we look at Paul's instruction to Timothy in, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, Amen. Let's go there for a minute. Amen. First Timothy chapter four, verse 12. Let no man despise thy youth now. See, because you are becoming a new person. But be thou an example now 
of the believer. Amen. Believers believe in God. You know, we believe in faith. We believe in living a separate and a holy life unto God. Amen. These things, now, we think differently here. I can't keep thinking the old way. I can't hold grudges. See? I'm a soldier in the Lord's army. So let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believer, and first of all, in word. Okay? And your words, your speech, in other words, let your conversation, let your words, amen, the life and death is in the power of the tongue. So, you know, you're, you're called now to edification, to edify, to live, live up, to build up. To encourage, you know, speak good things in the ears of the hearer. You know, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. You know, but you want to edify. You want to build up. You want to encourage now. You're a soldier of the Lord. Amen. In him, Jesus Christ, was no guile or deceit in his mouth. You don't want to backbite. You don't want to stab anybody. You want to... You want to encourage. This is what Paul told Titus, that to speak evil of no man. You know, you want to be a good, you let your words be encouraging and build up. Your conversation. Notice what he said. Be an example of your conversation, your behavior, your conduct. Amen. How you conduct yourself. Amen. In love. You know, those we talked a, a few months ago about, you know, the Ten Commandments. The first four is your love for God. The, the next six is your love for, for mankind. Amen. We, we have to love the way God wants us to love. You got to love what you're doing. You know, if you love God, like I was saying Sunday, faith what? Work it by love. See? So the more you love God, the stronger your faith is going to be. Say, it's just a given. You know, so we got to be in our love, in our spirit, our attitude, our action, in our faith, trusting God, believing God, you know, living by our faith, walking by our faith, speaking by our faith, and purity, keeping ourselves pure. Don't entangle, Paul told Timothy, don't entangle yourself with the affairs of this life that you may please him which has chosen you to be a soldier. Amen. You've got to keep yourself pure now because you're a child of God. Purity is, is, is key. Is, is, is don't entangle yourself. Don't get caught up in the, all the foolishness that's going on in the world today because you can be easily drawn into this thing and destroy your good reputation. This is what Paul is trying to get Timothy to, to see here in his actions. Amen. There, there's something about being in the military that will bring out the best in you. It'll, it'll let you see what you really are, you know, because it plays with a whole different set of rules than the outside world does. You know, they have what they call the Uniform Code of Military Justice that covers everything. You know, article for this, article for that, article for that, you know, and... And then they have the Article 134, what they call the catch-all article. So if everything else is not in here, you do this, they get you over here. You know, but you're playing by a whole different set of rules. And that's what the Bible is. It's a whole new set of rules than what you're used to on the outside. 
See, you become a soldier, and this is what your manual of instructions, basic instructions before leaving the earth, and this is why you have to study it, and you have to know what is right and what is wrong. When I was in the military, we had classes all the time about conduct, about character, and how to conduct yourself because you was part of something bigger than just you. And so it was bringing out all the good traits and qualities in us. You know, uh, the character building that is, 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 it was trying to let us see who we really should be. And it's amazing, you know, how much the military paralleled this book. Uh, yeah. And, and, and that's, that's what it looks at. One time I looked at every article in the, in the Uniform Code of Military Justice, and I could find a scripture that paralleled every one of them. And I wrote an article, and then the Jack told me, son, Major, you can't do that, <laughs> and put it in the paper. <laughs> you know, but, but, but when that soldier violated a, an article, he violated a principle in the Bible. You know, and so we, we have to understand this. We play by a different set of rules here. Amen. Now, our conduct, our behavior, our man, life, our mannerism. Look at Galatians 1, verse 10 through 24. Paul is now showing us that he's Galatians chapter 1, verse 10 through 24. Paul is showing us uh, how he was a new creature in Christ. For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I seek to please men, I should not be a servant of Christ. See, you're you're not men pleasers anymore. See, a lot of people get caught up in the want to try to please man instead of pleasing God. You know, we, we, when we go back to the, uh, in the, in the Gospels, when you look at, I think it's John chapter 9, when Jesus opened the blind man's eyes, you know, his, his parents didn't want to get involved because they was afraid of being kicked out of the synagogue. And then in the 12th chapter, I think it's John, I think it's 42 and 43, the Bible says, Jesus says that they love the praises of man more than the praises of God. Say, you're a new creature now. You're a soldier in the Lord's army. So you can't worry about what other people think of you. You can and you should. But your conduct, your actions should be at such a level that they're saying good things about you. Uh, you know, and, and Jesus asked his disciples, well, hey, what does people say about me? Who do they say I the son of man at? Right? And they had some good things to say. They don't say a whole lot of bad things about him when he asked that question. You know? Because they could find no fault with him. When they try to make up some lies. But, you know, his his conduct, his action, his behavior. So we are servants of Christ. See? Not the servants of man, but the servants of Christ. So we're not out to please man. You're out to please Jesus Christ. It's going to be him, the one to tap you on the head and say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Not me tapping you on the head, you know. And you get up there and says, I did everything Brother Parker told me to do. He says, but did you do what I told you to do? <laughs> you know, so we're, we're, we're his. Amen. Verse 13. 
Amen. For you have heard of my conversation or my behavior in times past in the Jewish religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and I wasted it. Man. Paul says, I persecuted them, man. I was out arresting them. I was bringing them. I was destroying the church, and I didn't even know it. Uh, and profiting the Jewish religions above many my equal in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. Paul knew. He had been brought up at the feet of Gamaliel. He, he knew the law. He knew, amen. He, he, was, he was out there. Amen. He saw everybody that wasn't living like him as a threat to God. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb or from the church and called me into, by his grace, to reveal his son in me that I might preach him, Jesus Christ, among the heathen or the Gentiles, immediately I did not compare with flesh and blood, but I... Verse 17, neither went up to Jerusalem to them that were apostles. In other words, the one that Jesus had already chosen. He said, I didn't go see them guys first. He said, I went into Arabia, and then I returned unto, again to Damascus. Then after three years, I went to Jerusalem to see Peter, and I stayed with him about 15 days. But other of the apostles, he says, I... Save none, save James, the Lord's brother. He says, oh, I saw was James. Now the things which I write unto you, behold, before God I lie not. Afterwards I came into the region of Syria and Cilicia and was unknown by face unto the church of Judea, which were in Christ. But they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preached the faith which was once he destroyed. Amen. Notice that. Say, a new creature. God, it was a murderer, injurer. He, he tells Timothy these things later. He says, man, he just lays it out there. And then he says, but by the grace of God, he put me in the ministry. You know? And, and that's the uniqueness of becoming a soldier of Christ's army. You know, you look at the guys that David chose, distressed, discontent, and in debt, and they become mighty warriors in the Lord's army. You know, and this is what, you know, this new creature comes about, amen, when God gets involved, when God moves into your life. There's that new creature. Thing that he begins to bring out of you, that you will begin to represent him. And thanks be to God because of the Apostle Paul. Amen. We got 13 or 14 of, depending on who wrote book of Hebrews, books in the New Testament written to the Gentiles, you know, because of Paul. Think about that. Amen. So the rule book, amen, that we, we live by now, is designed to help us to grow and to become what Christ wants us to be, that new creature in Christ. Amen. You are to, supposed to be a Christian 
and your character, your conduct, your behavior, your mannerism in your life is the same, isn't the same as the people in the world. Amen. You're a new creature. Amen. And the Bible is your rule book. Amen. It's the infallible word of God. It's the basic instructions before you leave this earth. Amen. It's to help us to grow. As Paul told the Galatians in Galatians 3, he says, O foolish Galatians, verse 1, who have bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ had been evidently set and crucified among you. Verse 2. This only would I learn of you. Receive the spirit of the work of the law by the hearing of faith. Are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit? Are you now made perfect by the flesh? No. You don't go back to the old ways. You're a new creature. This is why Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians 6, he says, Don't you know? That the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminates, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covets, nor robbers, drunkards shall inherit the kingdom of God. And then he says, such were some of you, but you've been washed, but you've been sanctified, but you've been justified by the Spirit, in the name and the Spirit of our God. All things are lawful, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful, but I won't be brought under the power of any anymore. See, this is what he's trying to get us to see. You're a new creature now. You can't keep doing the same old things anymore. You're in a part of a new force. As they used to tell me in the army, you're you're not outside anymore. You're part of something else now. You've got to tap dance to the rules and the regulations of the army. Yeah. You've got to be what God is asking you to be now. He's the one that called you, not me. Jesus says, if I be lifted up, I'll draw men to me. It's Christ that's pulling you out of the world. It's Christ that sees something in you that he desires to use, not me. (laughs) You know, I'm just out recruiting. (laughs) I'm just out as a recruiter on the corner going to the next, next place there on your page. Amen. You see, once we are saved, we become recruiters for Christ. This is why Paul goes back and he talks Timothy about his conduct and his behavior and his life. You know, because the way you conduct yourself will be how you draw other people to you. As my parents used to always say, you win more flies with honey than you do vinegar. Amen. And so, therefore, you've got to be able to present Christ in such a positive and exciting way that others want it and this is what you want to do and john chapter 1 verse 43 through 46 on your paper there the day following jesus would go forth into galilee and finding philip and said to him follow me now philip was as beside the city of andrew and peter philip findeth nathaniel and said unto him We have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write. Jesus of Nazareth. Did Moses write about Jesus? And the law? What did he say about Jesus? (laughs) He knew he was God, didn't he? (laughs) 
appeared to Abraham, your father Abraham and Isaac by the name of God Almighty, but my name Jehovah, I was not known unto them. Amen. Jehovah Adonai, Israel. Jesus Christ, the Lord, our God, the one and only true. Before him, there is no other. Amen. So he says, we found one that Moses wrote about <laughs> way back in the beginning. Amen. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathaniel said to him, can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip says, well, come on and see. See, and this, this, is, this is what you what you're recruiting to. See, you want to find all them friends you grew up with. All those old guys that you were drinking with on the corner. <laughs> all those that was drinking the Jack Black and all that stuff you was doing. You want to find those guys and tell them what you found. You know, I mean, when I got saved, man, I ran up a big phone bill because I was in Germany and I was calling back telling everybody and stuff, you know. Amen. You, you, the old song said I wasn't going to tell nobody, <laughs> but I just couldn't keep it to myself. What the Lord had done for me. You ought to have been there when he saved my soul. You ought to have been there when I went down that cold baptism tank <laughs> in Germany. You should have been there. Some people go out to the cold ocean. They break the ice. And, and you know, can you imagine, you know, you should have been there when he saved my soul. You know, because nobody can dispute your testimony of what God did for you. You know, and so you should be able to be a recruiter for the Lord. Amen. This is what Philip did. He immediately finds Nathaniel, his friend. Say, hey, we found Jesus, whom Moses talked about. Now, some scholars say that Nathaniel was, was at this point, was, was probably in Bible school. You know, and so, you know, and so they would have been reading the Pentateuch. They'd have been studying out. And so now Philip says, hey, you know, we find him. You don't have to look no more. <laughs> you know, and, and just think how you can share this. Amen. Jesus says in John fifteen sixteen, you have not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever you should ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Amen. And so he chose you out of all the people in the world and so for a purpose so that you can begin to share with others what he's done in your life. How he's changed you. You know, if, if, if people knew how terrible you were and then, then they find out you have given your life to God, you don't think it impact them? I know it did my family. They could not believe it. You know, they could not believe because they know I worked for the devil. <laughs> but, but, you know, but now I recruit for the Lord. See? Turn it around, amen, to reach out to the lost, amen. Praise God. And so we draw others to Jesus. Think about Jesus, you know. He was such an influence, but just walking about the things that he did, the compassion he showed, 
the passion, the love, the care, the consideration, just for what he did. Nicodemus realized they were something different. And he drew, Nicodemus came to him by night, you know, and, and, and if I was a betting man, I, I think Nicodemus was probably up in that upper room on the day of Pentecost, <laughs> you know, when you think about it. Because, you know, when I know at the, at, when he, he helped Aunt Joseph of Amamathea, you know, take him down off the cross, put him in the tomb. He brought 100 pounds of, of, of ointment to anoint the body with him. So I, I think, you know, uh, Nicodemus was, was in that upper room with the 120 on the day of Pentecost. He, he was defending Jesus. He even said to the Sanhedrin court, there's a man condemned before we hear him. Amen. He was standing up for him. Amen. So there's so many. Amen. When you begin to look at Acts chapter 2, amen, they recruited on day one 3,000 people. So they went from 120 to 3,120 just like that. Amen. Recruitment. Because of what people saw, what people heard. You know, there was nothing negative about it. You know, Peter just preached a simpler message and told them about the love of God and what Jesus did. And as a result, 3,000 people realized their error in their life. Amen. And this is why Bible studies are so, so critical. This is why you want to study to show yourself approved. You want to be willing. That's why soldiers, you know, you see soldiers and most people see them in uniform and they say, what do you do? You know, if it's something they can tell you, they pour, they pour their guts out. They're proud of, about sharing with you what they've done. You know, they come off those planes and stuff in their uniforms, and, you know, they look their best. You know, they got maybe their airborne badge on and, you know, the ribbons they got and how they look, you know, because they're recruiting too. They're infecting a lot of people. Even nowadays, the military tells them, okay, when you travel, travel through the airports in your uniforms and all of this stuff, you know. And as a result, you think of the young people that sees them when they come through, you know, and it gets into their minds that, hey, I want to be a part of that, you know. And think about it from a, from a spiritual standpoint. How many people see you in Walmart? How many people see you in Kmart? How many people see you in festival or wherever, and they just start talking to you? And sometimes they may say to you, what do you do? You know? What do you do? And it gives you that opportunity to begin to share. When I'm flying, sometimes I'm on flight, people get beside me, and the first thing they look at me and says, what do you do? I say, I'm a preacher. Oh, really? Yes. What, what kind? Good one. <laughs> it begins to open the door you know they can't go nowhere they can't jump out you know so but 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 it, you know and you never know where it's going to lead see that's the thing you never you never know where it's going to take that person to you know so yeah you, you know I, I remember one time in okinawa you know this guy you know came by and you know, we gave him a track, and, you know, he looked us up and looked at it, and, you know, and then he just left and went away. Well, years later, I was on deputation and came through this church, and this guy was there. He was in the church, and he testified, and he says, 
you know, I said to myself, if those people can stand out there in that hot sun in Okinawa, Japan, and invite people to church because they are concerned about them, then if I decide to go to church, I'm going to find me a church just like they are in. And that's what he did when he got back to the States. Found a United Pentecostal church and got in it, and he was rooted and grounded in the truth. You never know. You never know. We are recruiting twos. Amen. So when you read out through the whole book of Acts, you, that's all they're doing is recruiting. Amen. Paul goes in there in Acts 17. Look at Paul. I mean, he, he's there. And he, he's just waiting on Timothy and them to get there. And all of a sudden, he's observing what is going on. And then finally, someone says, man, let's see what this blabber going to say today. Paul says, hey, I beheld your devotion. And I saw this inscription to the unknown God. He says, let me tell you about it. I want to share with you who he is. And as he began to tell them about Jesus Christ, the Bible says, many of them says, we're going to hear you again. See? <laughs> so that's, hey, we're getting out of here. <laughs> Amen. So, but he began to recruit from right that standpoint and that point. Amen. To share with them about Jesus Christ. In Acts 16, you know, the Lord sends him over to the Philippi. He gets to Macedonia, and all him and, and, his, and, and Silas are doing is they're going out to pray. They go down to pray, and they're doing prayer walks. Can I put it this way? <laughs> they're out there doing prayer walks. And then all of a sudden, they're down by where the ladies went to pray. You know, and here's Lydia. She hears them, what they're saying and talking about. And the next thing you know, boom, her and the whole household is getting baptized. She's, they are becoming a part, you know. Paul is going to pray more, and here's a woman filled with the spirit of divination and you know, behind him, and they said, these are the men of the Most High God. Yeah. Finally, Paul gets tired of it, so he kicks the devil out the girl. You know, they get beat, you know, put in prison, should I say this way, POWs. <laughs> they become POWs. And then all of a sudden, they're in jail. They're singing down in the dungeons. You know, the prisoners hear them. There's an earthquake. You know, boom. Open up, not a whole jailer in his whole household is being baptized and saved. Recruitment. Amen. When you're out and about, you're walking, maybe you're just out exercising. I know when I'm in the morning, you know, in the spring and summer, when I'm out walking and stuff, you know, praying over the city and doing stuff, I, I come across all kinds of people out there walking and stuff in the morning. Sometimes we stop to have conversations and stuff, you know, talk to them, say nice things to them. Who knows what's going to happen? You know, one morning I was out walking about 4.30, and this lady stopped her van. She says, I was wondering where you were. She says, I, I told my husband, I haven't seen him out there in a couple of days. <laughs> you know, she says, but I see you when you're walking by here and stuff. So I introduced myself to her, told her what I do. She told me what she do. Off we went. I says, hey, love to have you come to church anytime. You never know. We're recruiting twos. 
You know, think about all the people you have invited to church and they ain't came yet. But you're still recruiting to. You don't know when it's going to happen and when it's going to pop. But God says, my word will not return void. It would accomplish what I sent it to accomplish. So you just have to stay encouraged in this thing. Amen. So we are recruiting to. Proverbs 11.30 said, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and they that win souls is wise. Amen. Notice the fruit of the righteous. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance is the tree of life because Jesus is the tree of life. See? And so the fruit of the righteous is the tree of life, and they that win souls is wise. We talked a month a few ago about wisdom, right? Give instructions to a wise man, he'll be yet wiser. Teach a just man, and he'll increase in learning. Amen. Win souls. Tell people about this thing. Teach them a Bible study. That's one of the goals. Just teach one Bible study. Let God deal with it from that point. Amen. You sow the seed. Jesus said, soul went forth to sow. Amen. Plant it. See what you what kind of harvest you grain. Amen. Just think, if you take one grain of corn and drop it, and the stalk comes up, and it's got two years of corn, and the stalk, the corn has say 500 grains of corn on each kernel of corn, cob of corn. So that's 1,000 grains of corn from one grain. Now everybody takes those thousands and go plant it, you know, and think about how quick it could grow. That's all you got to do is just sow the gospel, sow the word of God, and water it. And let's see what God will do. Amen. Praise God. We're recruiting twos for the Lord. Amen. Crucify the flesh. Amen. Number two. Amen. Paul's instruction to Timothy was that no man wars entangle himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who have chosen him to be a soldier. Amen. So a Christian soldier cannot get entangled with this life. Amen. Because it will rob him of what God has called them to do. If you get so involved with the things of the world after God has brought you out of the world, the world will choke it right back out of you. This is why Jesus says in Luke 8, when he's talking about the parable of the sower, he says some seed fell by the wayside, some fell among thorns, some fell on the rock, you know, some fell on good ground. And then he explained, he says, they by the wayside of they that hear the word of God but before they have a chance to take roots, it says the devil come and steal it. Distractions. If you're not careful, there can be so many distractions that can pull you away from what you have been chosen to do. This is why Paul is trying to tell Timothy that no man the war entangle himself. You know, as I told you, when I joined the Army, they told me if the Army wanted me to have a wife, they'd issue me one. Thank God they changed that. But, 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 they didn't want you to be so concerned with the outside world that you couldn't accomplish the mission that they was wanting you to accomplish. I've seen a lot of guys when I first came in the Army because they was married, they had families, but the draft was still going on. So they was drafted into the military, and they, came, they couldn't focus on what the military was trying to teach them and show them because they're concerned about their wives. They're concerned about their children. And especially 
When you had fools like me running around singing, they ain't no need of going home. Jody's got your girl and gone. <laughs> ain't no need of going back. Jody's driving your Cadillac. <laughs> you know, and this guy, he's, he's, you know, he's thinking about his wife and his children. Now I'm telling you, Jody's got it all and gone. <laughs> you, know, you know, so you can see his mind is not going to be focused on what he's supposed to be doing. See? And so this was one of the reasons they didn't want you to, you know, to be involved on the outside world. Because you was a soldier. You know, and that's kind of like what Paul is saying to the church, you know, in, in, in 1 Corinthians. He says, I wish you was I, but, you know, when he was talking about celibacy, you know, he was saying, you know, because if you merit, it's hard for you to concentrate on what God is wanting you to do. And the Catholics, that's why some the Catholics, you know, look at that and say, you're going to be a priest. You don't, we don't want you to be merit, you know, because we want you to be able to focus on what God wants you to do. See? But they failed to realize Peter, you know, the first pope was, was merit, you know. But Peter was already merit when Jesus called him, you know. And so, so, so yeah, you have to realize these things here. Amen. So, but we, we have to bring this flesh under subjection. Amen. You see, Satan wants you to be involved with the world. That's why he keeps saying, you know, oh, you can still do that stuff and serve Christ. He wants you to be out there. He wants you because he knows if you stay out there long enough, the world is going to choke the word of God right out of you. That's why, you know, Jesus says they that uh, upon the thorns are they, you know, with the cares and the things of this life. And it comes and choke the word right out of you. See, that's why, you know, Satan says, oh, you can do that stuff. Come on, you can go. You can do this. You know, just do it in moderation. Come on. You know, he knows if you get you out there far enough, you're going to say, oh, I can't have time to go to church. Oh, man, I don't have time to read my Bible. Man, I don't have time to do all that Christian stuff, you know. Oh, come on. And the next thing you know, he's got you. See, you, you have to crucify this flesh. See, this is what Paul is saying in Romans 8. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Because if you're walking at the flesh, you're going to find condemnation. See, you'll find yourself condemning yourself. You'll find yourself not thinking you're good enough for anything. And that's what the enemy wants. You'll find yourself condemning other people, you know, and stuff. And so we have to be careful, you know. We have to make sure that we don't allow ourselves to be drowned. You see, because the world will pull you under. You know, you, you, you ever seen a, a person drown? You know, it, you know, is is really, you know, they bob a couple of times. You know, they fight, they fight, they fight, they fight. You know, the water until they're tired, and then as a result, the next thing you know, they just go down, and then they can't come back up. And that's what the world is. You know, you got so many people that was Christians serving God good, but they chose to try to entangle the world with with it. And as a result, they're fighting. They're fighting the world. They're fighting the world. You know, they're fighting against the church. You know, the devil is never going to let you get back easy. You know, it's a fight. It's a constant fight. 
You know, because one of the things he tells you is that people is going to say, yeah, I knew. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah, you know. And so you're fighting against the world to try to get back. You're, you're swimming, and pretty soon you get so tired of fighting, you just says, why? And you just give up. And that's why it happens when a person drowns, and then they just go down. Yeah. And that's what the enemy desires. That's what he wants, is you to keep fighting and, and pulling you under. Amen. Paul told the church, he says in 1 Timothy 6, 9, he said, but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and to many foolish, notice what he called it, hurtful lust, which drown men in destruction and perdition. Notice. He didn't say the rich. He said they that want to be rich. <laughs> see? Because, see, I could inherit a whole bunch of riches. But if, I, if, if I'm trying to be rich, then the next thing that's going to happen is I'm going to probably wind up being dishonest in some areas. See? If I'm trying to be rich, I'm probably going to wind up being dishonest in some areas of my life. I'm going to be led in the temptation usually to do wrong. See? I'm going to be led in a way that is going to probably go against the word of God. If I don't have the wisdom and the knowledge of God, godly wisdom and godly instruction. See? We have to, we, we, we can't. Think the way this world thinks, see, because if you do, you find up doing something wrong, and as a result, it pulls you further and further out there. You know, that's what Paul says in Romans 7, 7. He says, I didn't even know that lust was a sin until I read in the law, thou should not covet it. See, that's what lust is, is wanting something else, wanting something more. Amen. Something that somebody else has had. This is what Paul did in this whole sixth chapter. He's, he's trying to get us to see about being content. Be content with such things as you have. You brought nothing into the world. You ain't taking nothing out. Have fool and raiment. He says, be content. God knows the things you have need of. Amen. Because, you know, if you're trying to get that richness, and how many people you heard it lately? Oh, man, if I win that billion dollars in the lottery, man, you know, they're not going to be content. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But we have to crucify this flesh, you know, and, and bring it under subjection. I'm, I'm going to have to stop here. But, you know, we don't want this world to drown us. We don't want it to pull us under to prevent us from doing what God is asking us to do. Amen. So we want to crucify and mortify this flesh. Amen. The works of the flesh. We'll talk a little bit more about that next week. And then I'm going to get into three ways to, to control the flesh. Not next week. We have business meet next week. So it'll be the week after that. Be not unequally yoked with unbelievers. 
Yeah. Right. Edify, lift up. Amen. I praise God. I understand. Good. Yes, yes. And that's why we're...